Welcome back to the Low Bottom High Rise Podcast with me, Moira Kasaba. And today, you're in for a treat. I have on the podcast, Rudy Ricksteins, who is a business leadership coach. And that might sound a little corporate-y, right? But this man is anything but. So he is somebody that teaches true leadership, how to be a leader of leaders, right? Not just a leader of followers, how leaders can develop committed, high-performing teams. And the, the moment I met him, we were just instantly connected. You know how energy can sometimes connect you? And that is a large part of what he's going into corporate setting, business settings, and talking about, talking about the totality of the person, talking about the energy, who we show up as, who we sh- who we walk into the room as, right? And he is able with, with his teachings and what he does with these businesses and corporations to 10X the profit margin, right? To 10X the sales in a corporation. So what he is doing is so much of what I do. And I think that's why we connected instantly because he's going to the inside, right? He's talking about just what I said, the totality of the person. And when we shift that, we shift everything, right? We shift productivity. We shift less sick days on the clock. We shift the entire bottom line of a business. His work is insane, y'all. He's been awarded the uh, number five coach by Thrive Global alongside Tony Robbins. And he's been honored by Business Insider as a top 20 thought leader alongside Deepak Chopra. Like this man is a legend in his own right. So let's dig into this beautiful conversation with Rudy Ricksteins. So let's do it. Let's do it. Let's dig into this conversation. So Rudy, we met, was it just a couple weeks ago? A couple weeks back? It was about, I would say about two weeks ago. Yes. Yeah. In Raleigh, North Carolina at a friend of ours, a mutual friends, mastermind, Amber Lee Lago. And I'm so excited to dig into this conversation today with you. And we have such similarities with our Really, I can even, I feel like I can say our beliefs, right? Even though we just met each other a couple of weeks ago, because what you teach and what I teach and what we do in the world, it's not just teaching and techniques and, you know, something out of a textbook. There is belief under that. So as we dig into this beautiful conversation that I know we're going to have, will you give us a little background? Who are you? What are you, do, you know, what are you doing in the world right now? But kind of also what led you there? You know, I, I would just want to say thank you so much for the opportunity to be on your platform and to connect with you and to connect with your audience. And I do feel that we are, are kindred spirits, if you will, and that mm-hmm. we do absolutely share a passion in, in purpose. And I think that's what's brought us together for this conversation today. What really made me resonate with you as a person is you find absolute meaning in everything that's ever happened in your life. Mm. And all of your life has added up to who you are today. And I think that's who I am and what it is that I teach. And so when I see somebody demonstrating that quality at the highest level, that's what excites me so much and why I, I'm wanting to foster a deeper meaningful friendship with you. Because in my opinion, you know, every single person on earth today is going through something. We've overcome yeah. something. We've achieved something. We've had to push through something. And in that, 
is an unbelievable amount of awareness that we have gained. And our responsibility is to take that awareness, to take what we have and to share it. And as we share that with people around us, we lessen other people's time in that process. We lessen their burden. You know, you can sit down in an afternoon and read a book and learn all about somebody's life, somebody's story, their vantage point. And what I love so much about a book or a movie or a podcast interview or something is that for a brief few moments, you get to experience what somebody went through for five years, 10 years, 20 years. And then you gain the vantage point at the end of that to be able to create an impact in their lives. And so to say what I do for a living today, I bring unbelievable meaning into every single person's life. I work mostly with individuals that are in companies and helping move and drive leaders in organizations, but I touch each and every single person within that organization and help them understand that everything that is happening in and around their life has unbelievable meaning and merit. And that when they can look at every synchronistic moment as an opportunity to learn and to gain, and then where I come in is to support people to teach that, you know, that's truly where I feel we find the most joy and fulfillment in life. Yeah. Oh gosh. You just said so much, so much. I keep thinking in the last 24 hours, I put up a post yesterday about sobriety, which I don't always do, you know, every once in a while I'll mention my sobriety. And I kept thinking of a quote from a Denzel Washington video where he says, each one, teach one, each one, teach one. And I think I know that is where the magic happens in our lives when we can take the path that we've walked through, the the tragedies, the hardships, the diagnoses, like all of that stuff, when we can see that as a gift, right? And we can say, I can use this. I can use this, just like you said, to lessen someone else's timeline, to lessen the burden and just teach from my experience. And to me, that is the shift, right? That is the shift from despair and hopelessness and, you know, agony to the light. The light comes on the second we ask ourselves that question, how could I use this? How could this be a gift? So I'm fascinated because you're going into corporations, right? You're going into like, you know, everyone's in their business suits and you're bringing this beautiful message. And I feel like we're marrying finally kind of the inside stuff and realizing how much this journey that the the things that you and I teach impact bottom lines, profit and loss sheets, like all of those things. So how do you do that in such a corporate atmosphere? I'm curious. So, you know, not all my clients are corporate. But I do go into corporate companies where there are three, four, five thousand people, and I go into solopreneurs, and I also go into startup companies where there's five, ten, fifty, a hundred people. And the beautiful thing about every one of those environments is the one common thing is in every business, there are people. Mm. And every single person is first and foremost a human being. And we all have trials and tribulations and successes and failures and failing forwards. And we have these moments. But there's this unspoken rule that when you show up at work, you need to stop being a person Mm. and you need to compartmentalize who you are and your problems need to stay at home. And you only need to show up as the best version of the function that you're expected to produce. And that worked for a period of time, you know, but so does fear management. 
it only works for a certain amount of time. And then if you're talking about creating sustainable growth in a business, sustainable growth inside of people, if you're talking about a organization who, whether this is a marriage, a friendship, or a business, if you're talking about the fundamentals of creating a groundwork where people can thrive, you have to give them a safe space to show up as the whole version of themselves, the totality of who they are. And so if I'm having a bad day in my personal life, let's pretend for a moment I'm having a fight with my wife and I go to work. Every single person at work is going to feel the intensity of that fight, even though they don't have the context. And when we show up at work and just say, hey, man, I'm having a tough day today. It's not about you or about the work or about anything that we're doing. I just need you guys to give me a little grace today. Like I'm I'm just processing something. We don't have to talk about it, but I'm just going through something and I, I just need a moment. Yeah. Then all of a sudden people are looking at you very differently and they're, mm-hmm. they're bringing in kindness and compassion into the workplace. And that's just talking about when you bring a problem into work. But what about if you all of a sudden created a culture where you were able to bring your problems to work, but in addition to that, you were able to bring your brilliance to work. Yes. You know, we are all in my mind and opinion, and I've never been proven wrong. Every single person on the planet is unbelievably powerful, brilliant, beautiful, and benevolent and brings these unbelievable talents and skills into everything. And then when you go to work and you have to do a specific function, Mm -hmm. you might have a skill set or a talent or a joy or a passion that can be leveraged at work, even if it doesn't have to do with your specific function, Mm -hmm. but it could be leveraged at work. Well, now all of a sudden you have a employee that is seen, valued, heard and appreciated and excited, and you get a very different version of who you are. Your question was really beautiful because every single person that shows up at work wants to be seen, valued, heard and appreciated. We hear that everywhere. But how do you do that? Well, you create that safe space. You allow them to show up as the totality of who they are. And then you honor and respect them on that journey. And the companies that thrive, that utilize my services or somebody like me or someone like you, they all of a sudden create an environment where they're giving the employees at work tangible, tactical tools on how to show up as the best version of themselves. So the bad days get significantly diminished. Instead of Mm -hmm. them being days, they become minutes. And instead of there being these unspoken moments at work where it builds frustration and resentment and it turns into toxicity, well, that all of a sudden disappears. And then when you start to celebrate people for who they are, you create this environment where people want to show up at work. They are unbelievably creative and inspired. And that's where the brilliance comes in. And then you have this environment where people thrive. And when people thrive, the business begins to thrive. You know, it's hard because I can't tell you the companies I've worked for and the successful results that they've gained. But I've gone into really small businesses where they've doubled and tripled and quadrupled their revenue in mere months. And I've gone into businesses where, you know, they've doubled massive, you know, we're talking eight, nine figure companies where they've doubled revenues in a very short amount of time. And we never touch product. We don't touch marketing. We touch people. And it's such a beautiful and a profound shift. Oh, I love that so much. You know, I think back to my own success in the business world and, you know, the owners of companies or top level CEOs kind of coming to me and saying, how are you doing this? Like, what, what are the systems? What are you doing? You know, they want to know all the business side of it. And I'm, and it's like, I really lean into people, right? I really lean into the hearts of people. I create a culture, a community and there's a connection there, a human connection 
And out of that, just like you're saying, out of that comes the success, right? And I, I want to dig a little deeper here because it's so interesting what you're saying. And it's, it's almost like this hard thought for me to even have that the reality that we live in this box, right? We live in this box where we don't feel safe. Therefore, we're not vulnerable enough to share the hard. But I believe when we don't share the hard, we also take our permission away to celebrate the successes because we don't want to be the person walking into the workplace, telling everybody how great we are all the time. But when you allow people to see both sides of the spectrum, you give permission to the either, you know, I, to the other, I have a radical leadership speech that I give and I talk about the leader being vulnerable, you know, and, and that's, so important. And when you lead with vulnerability, you also allow yourself to, you know, scream the successes from the rooftop. So what are some of the tactile things that you're teaching these humans? What are some of the things you're going in and, and kind of teaching a culture, a team culture to do or to not how, how, the, how are they navigating that? So I actually, well, you know what I want to do is I, I, I want to give you a new way of thinking rather than a, a, a tactical tool that can be implemented. Because mm -hmm. I think when we shift who we are and how we show up, mm -hmm. it creates the greatest and most profound shifts. And so I've worked with some of the biggest leaders in some of the biggest companies, and you have to filter the information and use different terminology when you start the conversations. But at the end of the day, the entire process is going to be the same. I want to bring awareness to you, to the audience that you know we are always led to believe that we have to control our actions and we have to walk into a room and we have to behave a certain way and we have to demonstrate certain qualities. And so we're very focused on the things we're doing, the actions of what mm -hmm. we are. And and what I want to do is bring a greater level of awareness to not the, the, the things we're doing in a room, but how are we in the totality of who we are? Mm -hmm. And if we can create that smallest micro shift within us, those external things that we're trying to do will happen organically and easily. Yes. And so I speak a tremendous amount into energy. You know, you have as a human being walking into a room, every single person. So I want you to think about yourself, your business, the number of people you come into contact with every single day. You yourself have a mental body, which is where all of your thoughts happen. And then you have a physical body, which is the structure that makes up you as a person. That's what we can see, touch, feel. Then when you take accountability for the fact that you have an energetic body and that energetic body extends anywhere from four feet to 15 feet past you. So we wow. imagine this massive 15 foot around you radius balloon of energy. And that bubble or balloon is touching every other person that you come into contact with. So if somebody is standing 30 feet away from you, the two points of energy of yours and theirs, they're starting to merge. And when they mm. merge, there's information being passed back and forth. You know, for years, we hear public speakers saying 85% of communication is nonverbal. Yeah. And so what is the communication that people are picking up? What are they learning and deciding and judging and making decisions on if only 15% of that is actually through what we're saying? Right. And some of it is posture and some of it's demeanor, but majority of that is this energetic information. And so I'll always use the same example because it's the easiest. We all have it. 
you know, think about your childhood growing up. You could walk into a room and you could tell when your mom and dad or your <laughs> caregivers were having a fight or an argument, even if there's no evidence of that fight. Meaning yeah. you could walk in and they're all smiling and they get down on their knees and they look at you and they say, oh, I'm where, hi, how are you? How was your day? And, and you can just tell, oh, something went down. Like there's so much tension in that room yes. at that time except you can't prove it. You can just feel it. Well, that feeling is that energy that you've walked into. When you walk into a room and you meet someone and you say to yourself, wow, I don't like this person. What, what's happening is you're picking up on their energy or their energetic intent or what they're thinking. And you can feel that energy around them, or they just had a fight with their spouse and they're yeah. pretending like everything's fine. And you picking up that energetic you know, disconnect between how they're showing up, meaning the mm. physical side of them versus what you're feeling. The problem with, with the 15 feet of energy around everybody is every single person on the planet is filtering that information, which is nonverbal, energetic, where they're unaware of it. They are always processing that information and they're processing it through their own lens. So right. if you view the world as nobody likes me, everybody hates me, then you're going to filter somebody else's problems and disconnect, the argument with their wife, the distrust that they have in their marriage. You're going to process that as, oh, well, they don't like me. That's further evidence that right. they don't like me, that there's a disconnect. And so a tremendous amount of the work that I do with individuals in leadership roles, then with the leadership boards, and then eventually with the entire company, and we do this in a very business way. So it actually feels, looks and feels you yeah. know, professional in a business setting, but we bring awareness to what is your energy saying about you? How do you go into a room? And when a leader can take control of how they feel, now they don't have to worry about the words that are being communicated. They don't have mm. to worry about the actions that are coming in. We no longer have to walk into a room and be the leader we want to be or have the bravado or practice the vulnerability. The vulnerability comes organically right. or the bravado right. comes organically or the actions come organically. You know, I like to tell people the formula to life is your thoughts produce feelings and your thoughts and your feelings coupled together drive all human behavior. So if you can just change how you think or change how you feel about anything, it's going to organically change everything else. Yes. Now, if I all of a sudden change how I feel and I stop feeling unworthy and not enough or I'm not creative or people don't like me, all of a sudden I start to insert feelings like, hang on a minute, a more empowered way of being is I actually mm -hmm. am worthy. I am brilliant. I am capable and I can have, be and do. That feels very different. And when mm -hmm. that feels very different, it is energetically, chemically altering the energy that's going out to the rest of the world. So now when people walk into that space, they interact with me very, very differently. Wow. So that's just one person. What does that look like when you yeah. get 10 people that do that in a company or 100 or 3,000 right. people? And so when I say that I exponentially yeah. grow organizations, fulfillment, profitability, tenure, all these things change. It's because we're helping people take accountability for who they are, how they show up in a room, and it positively impacts every other person they go around. And it, it creates a beautiful environment where everybody now has taken a different level of ownership of who they are, how they show up, and what their expectation is for the people that they spend time with. And everybody in the organization or in the friendship or the marriage levels up. And yeah. we start to have the organic vulnerability. We start to have these moments of brilliance and passion and purpose that, that come in organically from that. Um, and I, you know, I just have to, to say, there are so many companies out there that are doing this work and, mm. and, and having the benefit and the gain but we haven't even scratched the surface yet. Yeah, and I totally agree.
yeah. everyone could just start pouring into their people a little more, yeah. starting with themselves and then with their people, you know, I think the whole world would just have such a beautiful transformation. Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh my gosh. I love too, that you took it for me one step further. You know, I've always been very aware of energy and I, I love to speak about energy, but the idea that information is being communicated back and forth, no differently than if you were having a conversation right? So it's not just a vibe that you kind of rub up against and you're aware of, that there's actually an exchange with that energy. That's just mind-blowing to me. And uh, But always, you know, when you have those ahas, you're like, but it actually makes perfect sense. <laughs> let, me, let me give you a, t a tangible example. So um, I went into a company and very successful solopreneur, does all their own sales calls, an average of 1,200 sales calls in a 12-month period. And they make, you know, one to two million every single year, like net profit in, in the business. So mm -hmm. very successful. And I asked, what was your close ratio? And the close ratio I got was 4%. So 4% mm -hmm. of 1,200 appointments yielded on average the high ones to 2 million a year and had consistently for six, seven years. And so the lowest hanging fruit in the business going into support a business would be great. Let's improve your close right. ratio, right? And so I applied the same principles. What is your energy saying about you when you go into a room? Meaning when you're showing up to sell, how can you not sell? How can you instead approach this from a place of service? How can you bring yes. what you need to somebody who needs it and then give them enough information that they can make an educated decision about what they want to do and mm -hmm. that you either are or you are not the right choice for what it is that you're offering? I spend one hour with this client just reworking what do they say and how do they feel about what they're saying? Mm. And today they have a 100% close ratio. And this is going on five weeks now since I had that initial wow. call. So in five weeks, every single one of the appointments have closed, every one of them. And I'm not saying it's going to continue that way, but right. we can agree that prior to that, a 4% close ratio, which yeah. is maybe one deal a week yeah. right, or two deals a week. So now all of a sudden, every single one of them have closed. And it's because when they walk into the room, there isn't a disconnect now. They've taken mm -hmm. accountability for how they think, how they feel. They walk in, they speak. Yes. And what they're saying, the body is matching and the energy is matching. And the person in the room is saying, oh my gosh, I love everything you have to do or what you're offering. Wow. And I'm in, I'm in, let me do it. Yeah. And so it's become a beautiful, seamless process. So a lot of the work that I do is going into companies and teaching them and their sales teams specifically, or their marketing teams, mm -hmm. how do you actually communicate what it is you're trying to, to communicate, but doing it where there isn't a disconnect. And we could take 100% ownership and accountability for, for what we're saying and what we're doing. And that's where the profitability goes up. You know, And it's really, really easy. I worked with a company last year, startup organization, and I'm only sharing this because I think it really helps the listener take accountability for this uh, to a completely different level. So I was brought into a startup company and they they were averaging around about $100,000 a month in revenue. Now for any small startup company, that's really successful yeah. within the first few months. And so in our first introductory call, we were just spending a day together. It's like a VIP day where we have a mastermind, if you will. And mm -hmm. during that day, I asked a few questions. And one of them, I uncovered that the sales team they had a really, really strong limiting belief that it was only possible to close around twenty to $30,000 mm -hmm. in sales per person for the month. 
And then the leader would say, guys, we need to start doing more. We need to do more. I need everybody to be at 40. And, and they couldn't do more than 20, 25. The highest person was 30. And so I realized, oh, wow, that's just a belief that the sales team has that it's not yes. possible. So we set up a following call with the sales team only. And we start the call and I say to them, all right, guys, so what we're going to do today is we're going to stretch what you believe is possible. And we're going to change how you feel about what we believe to be possible. Yes. And so I want to ask you to imagine what would it feel like if all of a sudden I set the expectation for everybody, you're going to do $100,000 a month. And they all looked at me like, you're crazy. Right. And then we actually spent some time going through scenarios of what it would take, what it would look like, how you would do it. And then at the end of the call, everyone committed to, we will start doing $100,000 by the end of the month. Now, wow. what's so important about this conversation is that was the middle of the month. They were halfway through their sales cycle for that month. And they were averaging what they'd always averaged. At the end of that month, two out of five salespeople did $100,000. Wow. And so what changed? And the only yeah. thing that changed was what they thought and felt about what was possible. And so they didn't go in with more, more intensity. They didn't go in with more stress. No, they just were like, well, it is possible. Of course it's possible. Right. right. And so two out of five people, they achieved 100000 each. And so the company had the best money, uh, profitability, and, and sales records wow. that month. But here's the beautiful thing. They maintained that for 12 months. Mm. And so it wasn't always the same salespeople, but all of a sudden the expectation went to 100 and people right. started averaging around the 80, 90, 100, 150 mark. And that's the beauty of this. It's just expanding of what's possible. And then all of a sudden you're not walking in wanting to sell $100,000, right. but your energy is saying, oh, yeah. it's not possible. We can't do this. Everything is in alignment. And then the people you're talking to, they can feel that. And then they're either in or they're not in. And in this case, they were in. Yeah. I keep thinking about the four minute mile, right? It's just like the expectation. And, and I've experienced that in my business life. It's like whenever I'm around other you know, thought leaders or successful business women, and somebody is confident enough to throw out something that is just kind of this mind blowing expectation or goal that they have. I mean, nothing lights me up more because I'm like, that's possible. Like your mind unlocks, right? There are different things that unlock. And I had this happen when I was reading um, The Power of One More by Ed Milet. I kept thinking, you know, $10 million, $10 million. How do I get to that point? And in the book, it's just, I, I should probably go through the book at some point and count, but he uses the number a hundred million over and over and over and over. And all of a sudden I thought, well, wait a second, how could I make a hundred million? And it was like, thoughts and ideas and concepts. It was, I mean, the only, uh, the only word I have is unlocked, right? I have the same brain. I have the same history. All the same stuff is up there, but I thought of things that weren't in the realm of my consciousness before I had asked myself that question, because yes, it is possible, but I had to get in the space, right? Uh, the circle of influence of that's where those people are living and when we're living around, you know, $30,000 earners, that's our ceiling. And it it's it's just amazing what happens in our minds and our hearts. And, and then the feeling comes, right? Because the feelings always follow the thought of just this excitement of possibility that we all have. It's magic. It's magic. So here's what I want your listeners to take away from what you just said. We see the human brain picks up information at a rate of approximately one to 10 million bits of data every single second. 
So I want you to think about that for a moment. You're walking the streets of New York City, you're getting on a subway, 10 million bits of data flying at you, sight, sound, smell, everything's coming at you, it's overwhelmed. Yeah. Well, the human brain cannot possibly conceive all of that information all at one time. You, you can't process all of that consciously. You do subconsciously, but consciously you can't. Mm-hmm. So it narrows all of it down to 50 bits of data. So whether you are picking up a million bits of data right now, mm-hmm. or 5 million bits of data, or 10 million bits of data in your immediate environment, you're only ever aware of 50. Now, what we can control is what is the 50 bits of data that we're looking for. When you're asking questions like, man, I really want to grow to 10 million, your brain's looking for information Mm -hmm. that will reinforce and validate only what you believe is possible. Right. And when you ask a more empowering question and you say, hang on a minute, what would would 100 million take? Mm -hmm. Now the brain says, oh, okay. So it scans the Mm -hmm. up to 10 million bits of data for new information that already exists, right? information, ideas, and thoughts that you've already had, but that has been subconsciously blocked because it wasn't reinforcing what you were actually asking for. Mm -hmm. And so what you said was so powerful, and I'm going to challenge every listener to think about this. Where in your life right now are you getting the same thing over and over and over again? Is it the same relationship? Is it the same bank balance? Is it the same job? Is it the same problem? Is it the same whatever? And if you could just ask more empowered questions, Mm -hmm. like what is possible? What can I do? Why do I experience this? Can I experience something different? All you're doing is chemically instructing the brain Mm -hmm. to look for new information that already exists in you. The brilliance is there. And then you will be reinforced with new information and data to say what else is possible. And that's how you get a company to all of a sudden go from a twenty dollars to $30,000 sales number to $100,000 sales number for salespeople or to grow your business from $10 million to $100 million. And I love that so much because it's absolutely possible because you have this brilliance that's in you yeah. and in every other person, we all have that. And it's, we are truly, and I know that we've read this a thousand times in a thousand books, but you are limited to what you believe is possible Mm -hmm. because when you believe something that is bless you, when you believe something, that is when you make decisions based on what you think is, is going to be safe or what you think is going to be okay. And the brain really divides all information into, is this going to cause pleasure or is this potentially Mm -hmm. going to cause me pain? And if you say, I'm going to, you know, go out there and create a $10 million business. Can we agree? Like, that's not easy, right? Right. And it's possible, but it's not easy. But it's just as easy to create 100 million as it is to create 10 million. And then a billion, because when you do 100 million, you're going to say, why did I say 100 million? I could have said a (laughs) billion. And then you're going to grow it to a billion. And yes, it's going to take time and effort and energy and creativity and brilliance and all of those things. But it took just as much to create the first million. And and that's the thing. We're just limited by what we believe we can do or what we can achieve. Yes. Oh, this is just like, this is my my language. I just love this conversation. So I want to ask you this because you and I believe very much the same thing. And you've said it again and again, that there is a brilliance, right? There is a genius in all of us. Like I believe, and I believe that you believe anything is possible for any human on this earth. How do we get people to understand that that is within them? Because I feel like we are just trapped in a culture of people believing so little of themselves. You know, their their goals and their dreams 
are, are small for what I know is potential for them. So how do you bring people to that belief? How do you get them to really understand and build that new belief that anything is possible? So I'm going to answer your question by saying to you that I believe every single person on earth came here to do something specific. Mm-hmm. And we do have brilliance in all of us and that that brilliance is capable, the, that brilliance is capable of achieving anything. We aren't capable of achieving absolutely anything or everything because, you know, I'm not Elon Musk. There is no way on earth I have the brains to create anything that he has. And I'm sure that there's brilliance in me that can create something just as profound and beautiful out into the world. But what I'm getting to is I'm not trying to be Elon Musk. Right. And I'm trying to be Rudy. And how can I be the best version of Rudy? And so the reason I'm starting the response to your question with this is that every single listener, if you're hearing these words, I don't want you to be hearing my words and thinking this through Rudy's lens. I want you to process Mm -hmm. this through your lens because there's the value. Yes. What has come up in your life? What has been the theme and the pattern in your life? And then what is that thing that's on your heart? Mm -hmm. The brilliance that is in all of us is the same power and the force that created the universe, whether you agree with it or not. It is flowing Mm -hmm. to you. It is flowing through you. And it is of you. And because you're connected to this force, you are by default capable of creating the universe. You're capable of creating anything and everything. Mm -hmm. But the question isn't, am I capable of creating anything and everything? I am because I'm connected to to God. I'm connected to the flow. But why am I here is a more important question. And then what did I come here to do? And so I wake up in the morning with a passion, a desire that is filled and burning within me to touch people and to change lives and to create an impact. And whether that's a person in a grocery store or whether that's somebody on a coaching call, whether it's a new client or a customer, whether it's somebody who reaches out to me and does not have the time, effort, energy, resources, they're not ready to work with me yet, I'm still going to pour into them as much as I can within that time allotment because my commitment is to create an impact. And that's my burning, fueling desire. Well, what is that for somebody else? For somebody else, it could be to create an electric car. For somebody else, it could be to send a rocket to Mars. You know, for somebody else, it could be to write a book. What is that thing that lights you up? Because there's your brilliance. And that's what you're meant to do. You see, we have been conditioned through a whole lot of people who at some point in time were conditioned who before then were conditioned Mm -hmm. by people that were conditioned to believe that the world is a scary and dangerous place. And that you have the power and the potential to have your feelings hurt. And that when your feelings hurt, it feels real bad. And we shouldn't do that because nobody wants to be hurt. And what I love so much about the conversation that we're having is more a man, you have had your feelings hurt. Like let's talk (laughs) about life, right? I I have followed your journey. I love, love your story. I'm, I'm honored to have you on my podcast in a few weeks time where I get to, to turn the camera on to you. But for the benefit of our conversation, you know, just think about all of the things that have happened to you, all of the pain that has come to you. And now with that, you have this unbelievable gift to support other people in lessening their pain. And I always turn it back and say, isn't that worth it? Isn't right. that brilliant? And yeah. so for the person listening that is going through something really difficult right now, on the other side of that is all the freedom that you've ever wanted. Mm-hmm. And if you're feeling scared, on the other side of that is all the joy that you've ever asked for. And if you're feeling trapped, oh my God, there's a door right next to you and you just have to look for it, find it, open it, jump through it. And in that journey, 
you have the power and the potential to experience exhilaration because I believe that, you know, hell is a real thing and we're living it every single day when we are not tapped into who we really are. And that when we realize we came here to have something, to be something and to do something, and it's no one else's, no one can do what we came here to do. And we just ask the more empowered question of how can I show up today as the best version of me? What is the dream that I've always had? And Mm -hmm. if that dream is in me, where did it come from? And then if that's my destiny, what can I do today to take a small step, compounded step, 1%, 2%, 3% every day that'll lead me in that direction? And then forget about the how and the who and the what. Just take steps every day to fulfill that thing I have inside of me. Well, then now you're living your purpose. Now you're living your passion. And then the noise from everybody else just goes away. And you start to find evidence again and again and again that taking committed action is leading you down a path of brilliance and uh, exuberance and just the most amazing life. And then you stack those successes. The important part is to stack it so that when life does smack you in the face, because it's going to happen, that you've got all this evidence of, man, when I get smacked in the face, it just means something beautiful is coming or something better is coming. And then our life starts to feel magical. You know, I remember watching the very first uh, Harry Potter movie and hearing the opening music and I read the books first, but but when I watched the movie and I heard the soundtrack that they laid over the Harry Potter beginning, my, my, my entire body just lit oh. up. And my wife and I, you know, we turned to each other. And we were like, man, wouldn't it just be wonderful to live in this world that Harry Potter lives in, this magic? And the reality is we live we in this magical, magical world. We're just not we all do. aware of it. And so I, oh. uh, I hope that your audience just really, really, really picked up all of what we just put down because- I, You just put down some serious magic. You really did because that's just it. I, I feel like the listeners are probably thinking, you know, I'm trapped in this job or I'm trapped in this marriage and and it seems so far off the path, you know, their purpose, their dream. And you said it so beautifully, just every day, just take a baby step towards that, you know? And it doesn't have to even be a decision. I always teach, you know, what lights you up, just try to do more of that, whether it's, you know, going for a walk out on the beach in the sunshine, whether whatever it is, you know, I had the morning with my son because he had a doctor's appointment right before this podcast. And I was driving home after dropping him off. (laughs) I had this experience. I was just in one of those, like, my energy must have been going out a hundred feet, right? Like, And I literally thought to myself, it feels like I'm on drugs, like this, this euphoria. And what I picked up on was the fact that I just had quality time with my son and I was coming home right into this podcast and conversations like this light me up. I was aware of the freedom that I had to be able to take time away from work, to be able to do that with my son. I was focusing on the 50 bits of information, right? That light me up. And truly on the drive home, I thought it, this, it feels like I took something Be- and, and that life can feel that good when you just start to inch into the things that light you up. But I think it starts with, we have to become aware, right? Sometimes we're not even aware or they kind of happen by default, And we might find ourselves in a conversation or we might find ourselves in an experience that is amazing. But what the the work comes in, we have to try to do more of that in our lives, right? We need to try to schedule it in. We need to reach out to the friend that we want to have coffee with. We do have to take action, but it doesn't have to be 
leave my job and go find a new one, right? Just start getting there in all areas of your life where you find that joy. So everybody listening, who wants to experience that euphoric feeling right now, right? Because we all do, right? We all want to have that moment where we're sitting in the car and we're driving home and we just exhilarate. We're just feeling the joy and the buzz and the, the heightened emotional state. And that is just like you had said, is where are we focusing our time and energy? Mm -hmm. So if I were to ask you right now, is there something in your life, and we know it's true, is there something in your life where you could be focusing on in that moment of being in the car with your son that could have taken the joy away from where you were in that moment? There's a million things. Yeah. A million things. A million things. But in that moment, you're staying present and staying grounded because life is always happening. Everything's always happening around us. But the most joyful people are the people that choose to focus for a moment and expand that amount of time that they're focusing on something and just really enjoying and appreciating it. Sometimes it's a really good meal where you sit down and you just say, oh, this is delicious. I love it. And you just savor every moment. Sometimes it's a book. Sometimes it's quiet time. You know, it could be riding a bike, exercising, spending time with your family, whatever that thing is for each person. It's finding those moments where you can create joy. You know, I remember being 18 years old and a friend of mine's father had passed away and and he had taken over the responsibilities of being the man in his house. And one of those things was he had to cut the lawn and his his father uh, used to use a special lawnmower and cut it like it was a golfing green. And I mean, he was ridiculously, um, I want to say anal about his grass and his son then took that responsibility over when his father had passed. And so one day he had called me and said, hey, I'm just going to do the lawn and then we can go and do what we had planned to do. And I was like, oh man, I'm so sorry. I hate that you have to do that this morning, yeah. right? And he said to me, oh, I don't hate it. I, I love it. And yeah. I'm like, you, you love cutting the lawn? I'm like, dude, I've been cutting my dad's lawn since I was 10. Like I hate <laughs> cutting the lawn. And he goes, man, you're going to cut the lawn for the rest of your life. And my advice yeah. to you is well, next time you cut the lawn, just stop. Take your yeah. shoes off, put your feet in the, in, the, in the grass and just enjoy the process because you're doing it whether you like it or not. Yes. But I have learned to love it. And in that moment, yeah. he was connecting with his dad and, and feeling yeah. like he was adding value. But he turned something that was yes. you know, painful into something beautiful. And yeah. I, I, I always think about that. Every time I do something I don't want to do, yep. I'm picturing my friend Bruce and I'm picturing yes. him cutting his dad's lawn and, and I find the joy and the pleasure in that. And it changes yeah. everything for me. It changes everything we get to, right? We don't have to, we get to. I had a very similar experience with a friend that lives across the country. This was probably eight years ago. And I was complaining or, you know, hemming and hawing about having to do Christmas cards. You know, you got to hire the photographer and it's such a racket and we got to get all the family together and then addressing them all. Like it was such a negative thing. I hated doing Christmas cards. And I said that I was like, oh, I got to do Christmas cards. And she was like, I love to do Christmas cards. And I'm like, what? She's like, I make a cup of tea and I sit down on the couch and I just, I think about every person that I love that I'm addressing them to. And I, I will never look at Christmas cards the same again, you know, because I was able to see it through that other lens instead of just seeing it as a job and a burden, just like you're cutting the grass. And those experiences give us that gift. Like you said, next time we're in an experience of like, oh, I hate doing this. Is there another way to look at this? How can I find gratitude for this? How can I see this as a gift? Yeah, absolutely. 
Oh my gosh, Rudy, this conversation, we could talk for hours, for hours and hours and hours, but let me have you tell my listeners, where can they find you? Uh, Website, social media, all the things. Uh, I am at rudyricksteins.com. So www.rudyricksteins.com. And you can find me obviously on Instagram and on LinkedIn. Uh, But I would love to hear from you. I have a couple of free offers that are on my website. If anybody wants to download a book that speaks into a little bit of what we were talking about today. Um, And then I'd love to offer a uh, free book, which is actually speaking into anyone in business that is wanting to align their teams to a vision starting with themselves. And I'll give that uh, to every one of your listeners for free. So I'll uh, I'll give you the link to put in the show notes. Oh my gosh. You are so good and so kind. I'm, they're going to come out of the woodwork just to give you a fair warning here. Thank you. And yes, everything will be linked in the show notes. We'll have all that below, but Rudy, thank you so much for your time and this beautiful conversation. And most importantly, just thank you for the work that you're doing in the world. Likewise, I can turn that right back onto you. Beautiful. And thank you for your time. Time is by far our most valuable resource. And I appreciate everybody listening and I appreciate you recording. Thank you. That's a wrap on today's episode. Thank you so much for joining us, guys. Thanks for listening. I want to remind you to subscribe, rate, and review the show on Apple Podcasts. That would be super, super helpful to us. And share in your social media. Tag me. I love hearing what you guys have to say, your takeaways, all the things. So make sure you're tagging me in your social media posts when you share the episodes. And we will see you next week.